y'all. Welcome to What Women Binge, where we're going to try to make it um, like a 40-minute show for y'all today. Think we can do it? No. No? I don't. Because we're talky-talky. We are so talky. And there's a lot going on. You know, it's a good thing we have a talk show. I mean, a podcast. What do we have? What is it called? I mean, it's both. It's podcast slash talk show. It's basically a talk show, but they just call it a podcast. That's how we get away with it. (laughs) It's really unhinged. Uh, Speaking of getting away with things, welcome to SAG Strike. Oh, how are you feeling about that? There's a lot of stuff going on in my industry right now. Yeah. Head first, sis. Let's talk. Let's head right into this SAG strike. You got to talk about it. I know because I think people are confused and I'd love to clear the air a little bit about what I I know very little, Mm -hmm. but I know some stuff. Um, well, everybody's been sharing your explanation on Instagram. Well, you know what? I feel bad. It was meant to be Josh Gad. Half of it's Josh Gad's post. And I think people thought it was mine. So I had to go in and really clarify, repost Josh oh, Gad. Whoops. Um, if if you want more information about the strike, I think Josh Gad, Sean Aston, great person to follow to get more info. Sean is very tied into the... Um, uh, for those that don't know, SAG is the Screen Actors Guild. It's also AFTRA, which is the American Federation Television Radio um, and I don't know what the last day stands for, probably association. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, they combined years ago um, and now they are striking. And what had been going on was Fran Drescher is our president, mm-hmm. our, at least West Coast president. And then there's an East Coast president. And um, we had been – our contract is up 15 years with the AMPTP. They have a contract. Here's how we're going to work. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what the basic contract is going to say when you sign up to do a project. Right. And for 15 years, it's been basically the same. There's been adjustments here and there. And there's certain outlying contracts. Like I believe Nickelodeon Animation is an outlying contract. So that doesn't count with this. But um, And like certain unscripted shows. But the Writers Guild has been striking for 70-something days. Right. And then the direct – and they, the AMPTP just dropped that negotiation like uh, a hot sausage on a summer day. And just were done. On, and we're just done. Didn't want to talk about it. And left the writers with no chance, no no choice but to strike, really. Um, because the writers always get the poop deal out of all of the unions, I feel like. Um, the Directors Guild then was next up to negotiate because their contract was next to expire. So they stepped right into negotiating with the Directors Guild, and they were able to negotiate with the Directors Guild. Directors didn't have to strike. They got what they wanted. Directors Guild, being a guild member myself of the DGA, really good deal. Like, mm-hmm. always had the best health care, like, really great protections put in place, great creative control. The directors have the best deal, I think, in the industry. Then they get to SAG. So now they made the writers look—they were trying to make the writers look ridiculous by negotiating with the DGA— and now they now SAG steps up to the plate. And there's just so many question marks with this thing. Right. And what pisses me off is people out there saying, oh, spoiled actors that make so much money. Oh, you, oh you're not getting paid fair wages and blah, blah, blah. It's not about that. It's not about the 1% of SAG that makes money. It's right. about the 99% that don't. I saw something, I, I think maybe Jenna posted, Jenna Lee Green, that like 80% of union eligible People don't make the twenty six thousand dollars a year to, yeah, to I think it might provide health care. I mean, I thought it was more than that. Yeah, a lot of people don't. But make like eighty percent of them don't. Yeah, our the contracts got like something happened with the insurance years ago, um, and the insurance got really like the insurance used to be great for SAG. It mm-hmm. was one of the things that you know, growing up the way I grew up, like not having a lot and working. Um, residuals from commercials and my healthcare stuff like took care of my family mm-hmm. and then to and then a few years ago something went haywire with it all and 
Um, I, I'm not really sure because I don't understand insurance anyway. Right. Let alone union insurance policies and whatnot. Um, except that, you know, th- I know things changed. So anyway, so with the Writers Guild, they left them. They're not They're not even negotiating with them anymore. Like they just stopped as of 75 plus days ago. Right. And now with SAG, they seem to have stopped. They, they extended the negotiations by 12 days. We were supposed to strike July 1st. And they pushed it to July 12th, which led me to believe, and they can't tell us, even the union uh, right. uh, members, they can't tell us what's going on because they can't, you know, they don't want anyone on the outside to influence, ha- weigh in, yeah. yeah, influence the negotiations. And when they pushed it, I was thinking, oh, they're close on things. They're just going to, you know, it's just like kind of fine the fine tuning of certain things and I'll give you this and you give me that kind of thing. But what Fran Drescher said on at the press conference was, I can't believe how far apart we are. Right. I and saw that. that shocked me. Television, yeah. Yeah. That was the, I, I posted on my Instagram too, if anybody wants to see that, especially that snippet, that like maybe 30 seconds of her speech. Her speech was amazing. I wasn't expecting that from her. Um, I know she's an actress and I was watching carefully to see how much she was acting. I think she was tired, frustrated, and I think she's really standing up for what's right. And I, I, I have to say, I think at this moment we have the right president in place. Sean Astin, I say go to his page and follow what he says, too. I think he had something on Deadline, Instagram yesterday. Deadline, Variety, and Hollywood Reporter are kind of the three places where Hollywood gets their news. So if you want to see what Hollywood's seeing, you go to Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, or Variety. And in one of those places, he was um, speaking to the press about the, the strike. And Sean Astin's mom was is Patty Duke. Mm -hmm. was Patty Duke. We've lost her. But Patty Duke was the president of our union back a while back, maybe 80s. Um, So he grew up in it. He grew up in it. His dad, um, John Astin, was in the TV show um, uh, Adam's Family. Oh. He played the dad. Yes. Whatever. Um, And then. Gomez. Gomez. He played Gomez uh, Adams. And then um, his brother. Mackenzie uh, Aston was in Facts of Life. Like he is like from this family. Yeah, this family mm-hmm. of actors, right? Yeah. And um and so he has been in this industry, living in LA his whole life. Like his mom was the president of the union. He knows and he know no he he follows politics very closely. Like when he and I were doing our Netflix show, No Good Nick, we talked endlessly about politics. And it was exciting and kind and like we were able to have long daily discussions and have really nice conversations about politics, which that just doesn't happen. Really. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but I mean, you and I can. I yes, feel like we yeah. do actually very nicely. But um, he and I would just I mean, just nonstop. Just tell me about this or what about that? But I believe this. But I think this. But isn't it true about this? And, you know, and to challenge each other in a kind way. Yeah. And just say, but I thought it was this way. Well, I think it's that. Well, I don't know. And there's a few things we probably differ on that I could maybe at the top of my head, maybe think of three things. Yeah. But not to the point where I don't adore him and think he is probably one of the brilliant, most brilliant, brilliant men I've ever met. But he um, so he is involved in a lot of the union stuff and uh, knows a lot of the inside stuff. He's he works within a lot of the committees and, and he, I think he's working his way up into the politics of the union. So okay. he knows some stuff. But Josh Gad is where I love. I watched him. He gave a speech, I guess, while at a picket line yesterday or the day before. And it was just very heartfelt. And he even spoke about, you know, how he is a well-paid actor in the community. But he knows that his actions have more influence because of 
people know who, yeah. who he is and that he's standing in the gap for the people who are just starting out and the people who are going to come into this role in the future. Or the I people just, that have been doing it for 20 years and just going like basically. And just making a living wage. Yeah. Still yeah. having a side job to try to, you know, make it in this industry. Yeah. Because this industry is brutal and it will eat you up and spit you out and it, um, you know, I thought that was cool, though, that he was like, this isn't just for me. It's not about me at all. In fact, he's like, I'm doing well. It's it's for the people yeah. out there who haven't made it to this point yet. And that's yet. the thing. And, if the people that are are making good wages or have a good, um, you know, have, a, have face recognition and have a voice, mm-hmm. if we don't speak up for those in our, in our union and then any union, right. like really workers around the world— Everybody's watching this. And yeah. if we can't hold and we can't have unity and solidarity, then, then you know, who – like when IATSE, which is the crew, you know, when they go to strike, when they want – because they, they tried a few years ago, I believe, there was – there's a whole bunch of stuff in our industry about, like, the our time, our schedules. Mm-hmm. We work endless hours. You have Production, the weirdest hours. It's the weirdest hours, right? We Some days we start at 5 a.m. Some days we start at 5 p.m. And – it's, you know, production has to watch that stuff carefully, but who is really paying the price on being tired is the, are the the people in charge, the people driving our trucks and our trailers, mm-hmm. the transpo people or the Teamsters. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that work 16, 18, 20 hour days and it's dangerous. It's not healthy, um, you know, and so mistakes happen whether you're handling firearms on a set or mm-hmm. you're driving a truck with a trailer pulled behind or you know so there's a lot to that needs to f- be fixed in that area with IATSE and and some of the other unions um for the crew what they call if you see Josh Gad will talk about above the line and below the line mm-hmm. and above the line are people that get paid above the budget and below right. the line get paid in the budget above the line will be your writers directors and actors and sometimes producer producers usually actually um, so that's above the line. That comes. That doesn't come out of the budget. Right. And below the line is is the budget, which is your makeup, hair, wardrobe, catering, um, teamsters, grip, crew, electric. You know, any camera, um, all the departments, and that is pretty much covered by IATSE, I believe most of them. Some of the creatives, I think, have their own. But um, anyway, so what I the way I understand it is like the Writers Guild. Some of the things that they're asking for are like the writers' rooms. Right. So like when I work on a sitcom. Let's say Sabrina. We had like 12 writers, I believe. And then we had swings. Like we would have people write certain episodes Mm -hmm. that weren't maybe in the writer's room. We would have people come in for punch up. Like I know on Melissa and Joey, we had two amazing punch ups. We had Ed Driscoll and we had Julie Brown. And I was thrilled about Julie Brown because I loved her mockumentary in the 80s. She did when Madonna did. Do you remember Madonna? Are you too young to remember Madonna's Dare to be Truthful? No, I remember that. Okay. So when Madonna did her um, documentary movie, mm-hmm. um, she came out with, Julie Brown came out with, not downtown Julie Brown. Right. Julie Brown is a, a redheaded writer, um, like a stand-up. And so she came out with Medusa, Dare to be Truthful. And um, <laughs> I've never seen that. It's hilarious. Okay. I'll have it's, to go and look it up. There's a part in it where they're performing in Hawaii and there's a volcano going off and they're trying to decide if they're going to go through with the show or not. Oh, no. And they're all like, should we go through with the show? Should we go through? My mom and I always quote this all the time. That's why I remember it so well. But they're like, they're like, I don't know. I think we should go like the the venue's trying to convince Medusa to go through with the show. And she's like, I can't breathe. Like, are we really going to do the show? And they're like, no, it's just, it's just, it's great. It'll it's be just, fine. There's just something it's good in for the your air. Lungs. And she goes, lava? 
Like, it's just, so my mom and I, every once in a while, I'll just go, lava? Like, whenever we're like, there's something in the air. Lava? It was just one of our favorite lines. Anyway. So, I have a question. For oh, pe- what I was going to say was Julie, so Julie Brown and Ed Driscoll. So, he he wrote, like, Eddie Murphy's uh, Oscars, uh, when he hosted Oscars and whatnot. He's, like, mm-hmm. a huge stand-up stuff. And they would come into Melissa and Joey and they would punch up. So, you'd have, like, all these different writers. But if you don't have a writer's room, if you don't have... These days, they're cutting writers' rooms down to, like, three or four people. If you don't have a writers' room, you don't have beginner writers coming in. You don't have script PAs. You don't have um, you don't have people kind of coming in and, and uh, learning from the best. You're only right. hiring the best, and all these other people don't have jobs, and all these other people don't know how to grow and learn in this industry. So that's one of the big fights I know the writers are going through. But what were you going to say? That makes sense. Well, my question was going to be, like, what does this mean for the viewer? Like, for people listening to our show, things like that, like— are there things – obviously, I know you're not allowed to promote your own things that you've created that are coming up, which is yeah. such a bummer. Yeah. But, like, are we – Well, this explains why Barbie has been doing such a big push for the last few weeks because they thought for July sure. 1st they'd be, you know, not being able to promote it. But they've been going hard on their premieres and their press, and they've got it all banked, I'm sure. You know, ET, Access, all of them will be putting out stuff in the next few weeks that they've banked. Um, interviews from weeks ago, press right. junkets from a month ago, you know. So um, everyone's been preparing for this in a certain way, but the studios and networks didn't really, according to some of my inside information, people have, they didn't really bank a lot of episodes or movies. I mean, our summer movies are obviously done. I think all through the holidays, the movies are done. Editors can keep editing and whatnot, but people can't promote it. Mm-hmm. The studios can take that money that they would have spent in marketing and and premieres and whatnot and press junkets and put that into more trailers and billboards. But they can't really, you know, the your whatever star you paid for to promote your movie is not able to promote your movie anymore. Right. So what we're what we're trying to do is hold firm to that the studios and the networks need us to make these make this content. And what they're holding to is that, you know, how dare we um, stronghold them into something. So the thing is, the contract, I believe, will be the contract that we have for the next 15 years. And we don't know what the next—the last 15 years was— Everything a, changed. Oh, my God. Streamers just changed the game. And we weren't able to keep up. And now AI all of a sudden is being introduced where we're, we're seeing that it's like a dangerous, scary new world— so I think Josh Gad or one Sean Aston, one of them said yesterday, if you don't have strong language in the contract now, as strong as you possibly can with foreseeing as much as you can, then we're just going to be walked over. So I, I said it in my post that I did that when I did Nickelodeon, when I went to Orlando and I did Clarissa, I believe we did it in Florida because it was a right to work stage. There were mm-hmm. no child labor laws, um, which I believe is why there was a studio down there. Um and we, I mean, there were, but not like, they weren't, it wasn't good. We weren't well protected. Sure. Um, and, or there were loopholes and all that stuff. Right. And I, on my, in my contract, Nickelodeon was part of cable. Cable was brand new. Cable um, didn't pay residuals. Whereas any commercial I'd ever done paid residuals. The only thing I had ever done that didn't pay residuals was theater. Because when you perform, you're done. So they treated it like that, where when I did my show, each episode you got paid for and you were done. But... The life of an actor is usually paid for in residuals. I mean, I think a large portion of SAG lives on their residuals. And um, those residual checks are so important to everyone's livelihood. And when you do, when I did Nickelodeon, I, since 1993, haven't seen a dime on Clarissa. Right. And they want me to come promote it when it launches on Paramount Plus or it's back on Nickelodeon. And it's like, I would love to, 
but they won't pay me. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to work for free when there's no benefit for me. Sabrina, on the other hand, I mean, or even any show I've directed, I get amazing residuals on that I can, you know, if everything goes right and I never work another day in my life, I know that I'll have a pension later on or I right. know that I can take care of my family on the residuals. Um, and so that's one of the big fights is that streamers don't pay residuals. So like my show No Good Nick, I think they've been fighting to try to get residuals from Netflix for that. I think I get maybe a small amount of residuals, but it's not like what I got on a network show. So here right. I am on this fancy new network called Netflix and not getting paid, you know, residuals on every time they show it, every time someone streams it, every time, you know, they move it around or they air, they relaunch it or whatever. I'll never get paid again on that show. Um, and I know to some people that sounds crazy because other people do jobs and move on. Right. But in this industry, this is what this is bread and butter. Like this is what people like you kind of bank on residuals in a way that even comes out of your paycheck in the beginning. They hold it. It's like withheld for residuals. So in a lot of ways, this just residuals are a, a really big deal in our industry. And then this AI thing, I didn't realize this until the New York president spoke about it during the press conference the other day that the, the what the AMPTP is trying to negotiate is that you pay for one day for AI work. You'll get paid. Like, let's say my little sister wants to be in the industry. Um, let's say they get her for $100 for the day to come work. Mm -hmm. They will video and photograph her image and likeness. They will use it in all perpetuity for the rest of existence for that $100 they paid her. But she mm -hmm. might be the new, like, I don't know, progressive, like, what was her name in the progressive Flo. commercials? Flo. Yeah. Who apparently made, like, $2 million or something in those, right. doing those commercials, right? Became a big deal. And was able to make a ton of money and became the face of this insurance company. And insurance companies have a lot of money. They should be paying a lot of money for their commercials and their and their talent. Right. And if you were to take someone and make them the next flow of the progressive commercial based on their image and likeness. And never see them And they again. got $100. That would just be, that's like, that's like robbery. That's not okay. And we just don't know where AI is going. I no, mean, I, I mean, there, you know I don't think there's I do. a limit on AI. I, that's I mean, a problem. So I don't disagree with you. I think that's kind of scary. But I also understand, like, you know, we look at, like, Indiana Jones and what they were able to do in this movie that just came out. You flash back to Harrison Ford as, like, a 30-year-old when he's 80 in real life, and it was believable. Oh, it was and unbelievable. It was, I, was, I was wondering how they did it, yeah. Unreal. Is that called AI, or is that CGI? I think it's, a, it's CGI, but it's a form of AI. Like, I don't think that there's, like, a... What did... Say that again, Brain? Deep... Fake technology, deep fake technology. Yes, is that is that like a nickname for AI, I, or is that I like think so. actually a different level of? It's like fake replacement. So, what the hell does AI stand for? Automated image, what face replacement. Sorry, not what's fake. AI mean? Um, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. Of course. <laughs> I'm like, what did I just say? <laughs> Do we need to revisit the '90s? Do I need oh, to show geez. you the movie? I don't know. That was Tell a me great what AOL movie. stands for again. Oh, America Online. Oh, yeah. I know that one. Oh, I was like, wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thought I was doing good here. <laughs> so as far as like here, you're still able to talk about. I can be on this podcast if it's unscripted. So okay. we're not worried. And I'm not promoting anything. We're just talking. So we can talk about the movies. And I'm not paid. I don't get paid SAG for this. Hey, you guys already know that we love our skin. Love our skin. And it all started with their Fits Everybody collection, which I didn't think we could like anything better than the Fits Everybody collection. But I have to that say I'm this butter. cotton collection. Butter. On my bottom. It's like butter on your bottom. <laughs> it is the butteriest underwear ever. So we wanted they are. to try. They're amazing. Yeah. So we got more stuff. The cotton collection came in. And it's amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
How did they keep doing this? It's so good. It did not disappoint. It's no. The, it's the cutest. It's really flattering for like running around the house in your panties. It's so comfortable. They stay in place perfectly. Yeah. The, I, I do the low plunge bra today. And, uh, How do you feel about it? I love it. I love it. I, lo- the t- I got the tank tops and the t-shirt. Oh, yeah. I haven't tried them yet, but I've got it. I've worn them every day really? since they arrived. Like, are they, are they, do they hold you in a little? Too? Yeah, they, they give, give you a little, little bit shape. of support. They, they're very flattering, even for being tight. I always worry about that because I got the mom tummy, yeah. you know? Um, and so I sized up. You certainly don't have to, but I love them. I feel like I'm sucked in just a little bit. Hey, Not, it's all about feeling good, right? I feel so good in them. Well, Skims is creating the next generation of loungewear for everybody. And I mean everybody. It is so good. It is made to be comfortable everyday wear. It's ultra soft from natural fibers, which we love. It's very important for the lady bits. It also came in compostable packaging, which I love. Isn't loved. that so I nice? That. But this is Skims' most tagged collection. It's made with the classic cotton fabric for comfortable everyday wear. Yes, and it's made from ultra soft natural fibers, and it's elevated lounge pieces. I would say you can wear them inside, outside, feel good wherever you're yeah, going in them. said loungewear was only for the house. Has not tried skims. And from sizes extra, extra small all the way to 4X, when we say it fits every body. Literally. It really does. Yeah, so believe the hype. Skims has over 100,000 five-star reviews for a reason, people. Yes, and the cotton collection and more are available right now at skims.com. Plus, you can get free shipping on orders over $75. After you place your order, be sure to let them know that we sent you. Select podcast in the survey and select what women binge in the drop-down menu that follows. Oh, God, it's so good. So comfy. Every time that Skims <laughs> comes through, I'm like, yes, Lord. Yeah, get some free Skims. It's nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, but so I can do this. I'm actually, uh, working on an unscripted show. I'm doing one episode of a game show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm allowed to do that. And, uh, but I had to ask the union's permission. They approved it. Um, there's certain things like apparently if I, my Nickelodeon show Casa Grandes, if they called me up to do the animation on that, I could do that. Okay. Because that's a carved out different contract and unscripted is a different contract. Soap operas is a different contract. British actors are a different contract. Okay. So they will keep things alive. But the problem then too is that there's content being made and uh, we're not really given a chokehold on the studios and networks because we are still allowing them to put out content. And not that they don't have a bunch of content that they can run for the existence. People are asking whether or not they should cancel their streamers and stuff. Um, I mean, if you want to, if you feel like it's a good... that. That would be a nice solidarity thing. Um, I'm going to cancel a few of them, but there's a few that I feel like, especially for the show, like I need to right. be watching and, and catching up on some stuff. Uh, not everything in your life can stand still. You gotta keep not the everything on. can stand still, but I am going to, I am probably going to discontinue a few streamers and stuff. And, you know, that would be a nice, if everything kind of shut off for a few weeks, it would be a nice show of like, hey, you know, you, you need the creatives to make these shows like I think the executives have just gotten what I under the way I understand it too is that like corporations have taken over Hollywood mm-hmm. it's not just Hollywood making movies anymore right it's corporations it's now. not creatives doing this no. this is this is big. this is the big corporations stepping in and trying to seize control and take all the money and give us the scraps and we're trying to say we're not going to do that anymore you you need us as much as we need you so um you know I think that uh I mean, I don't I don't know how we get around this. I don't know when they're going to come back to the negotiating table. Some of the insiders in Hollywood are now leaking out that um, that the AMPTP has been saying they're going to wait until the writers start to lose their homes until they come back to the negotiating table. I know that's the thing, too, is like negotiations have just stalled. They're not going to. The other thing that they're trying to do, I heard, is that the 
people have contracts, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if you have a four-picture deal at Paramount, um, and let's say it's called pay or play, which means they have to, let's say, four movies, you're going to get paid $250,000 a movie, you're going to make a million dollars. Your contract for a million dollars for four movies. Let's say that you they have to pay you that million dollars whether you make those four movies or not. Right. So the, it's in their interest to make those four movies. Well, what they're going to do now is because people are striking, there's force majeure, they can now – just delete those contracts and people that were guaranteed this money and maybe have already spent this money by buying a house or a car right will no longer uh they're just going to wash all those uh contracts away and they can legally do that because we're in a strike so in a way they're holding out the strike longer to be able to do that because this force majeure has like a time limit on it or something so how do you feel like i look at this as like yes it's a it's a major bummer and obviously change needs to happen and i think you know, you're, you guys are taking the measures you need to take. I also look at this as an opportunity for people outside the union and creatives outside the union to kind of step up their game. I mean, all eyes are going to be on these new creators. Yeah, but the problem with that is then if you're not standing in solidarity with the union, you are working against them and you are now giving the uh, AMPTP content without uh, having to go through the unions. So now— Well, I don't mean like—I I, I mean like— Independent filmmakers, I mean, like YouTubers, I mean, creatives, you know, using all different platforms, not necessarily going through networks or things like that. I just mean, I all I know my focus is going to shift as we run out of shows that are coming on and things that we're interested in. I mean, I'm looking at people like Mr. Beast. And, yeah. oh my God. You know, Tucker's the, birthday party is going to be a Mr. Beast. I know. Party. My kids are obsessed too. And I'm looking at him going, well, this is an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Because he already has the finances. He doesn't need anybody to back him. Yeah. He can create anything he wants, and he's going to have eyeballs on it. People like that are people who want to step into roles like that. Well, and I wonder, I don't know how it could play out like something like Tyler Perry or someone that has their own studio and Mm -hmm. is doing their own thing. How can they maybe keep the union afloat? Because we do have to fill the coffers for the health care and the pensions. How can set the example almost of what it can look like or like just start to do the workaround without Mm -hmm. the AMPTP. Maybe we can figure out a way to work around. Maybe some of these people start leaving that 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 organization, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe DreamWorks or someone steps outside and says, well, we're going to we're going to go work with the unions at the level they want. We want our own contract with you, which I think might be what Nickelodeon does. By the way, I just want to preface this and I should have said this in the beginning. I am not an expert on this. This is just everything I've heard, read. Like this is just me taking bits of information here and there and putting it together to make it make sense for me so that I understand what my what my I just see is a after. lot of hope in a, a a chance for new creatives to use different outlets and kind of change the way things are done and to be helpful to the people in the unions because you're offering up yeah a new well, if we can get option. more private you know uh production companies and whatnot to maybe um it's it's just hard because so many Actors and and writers are in the guilds, so you want to use the guilds, but you also don't want to you don't want to make it easier on the AMPTP to you want you know in both ends you kind of want them to suffer a little so that they feel like they have to come back to the negotiating table and 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 kind of meet each other in the middle for sure right but I feel like the actors it's just been so long since we were able to negotiate that now we want to hold t- firm to our beliefs and our values yeah. and what we we think we're owed you know. So, um, yeah, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not really, I'm not doing this for me as much as I'm doing this for future generations and for the people out there that that, that aren't able to really stand. And that's the problem, too, is like the strike is going to hurt so many people that 
have been going job to job, you know, of all of the that's who's really like, going to struggle. In yeah, this. It's Griff's not electric be... camera department. Everybody that I know that's going to that goes from one job to the next. I'm kind of hoping in, when the fall comes and the networks don't have their new shows launching in their fall time slots, that that might maybe convince them to come back to negotiate a little bit, you know, maybe be a little bit more lenient in these negotiations. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, people are predicting October. Uh, I was kind of hoping it'd be a little sooner. Maybe it would go through August and then stop because they have to get some shows on the air and it's going to take six weeks at least. I mean, they got to get a writer's room going again. It takes them six weeks to write an episode. Then it takes them six weeks to edit an episode. So, you know, when when we get this thing off the ground again, when, you know, if this all goes away from that day forward, it's like 10 to 15 weeks at least till they get a show on the air. Well, maybe this will be something that can change that too maybe things yeah. can get done faster. well maybe the season won't be a regular season anymore like the school like the season has always followed a school year mm-hmm. but streamers have obviously their own seasons because they'll put out 10 or 8 or whatever episodes at a, at a block at a time uh, but i hate that because then there goes a appointment television too but maybe the season will be like maybe fox will have their season be like december to june and maybe someone else will have their season be august through march or you know maybe so maybe there'll always be content on maybe they can shifted a bit i guess it's just going to be a whole nother world again it is and the last time i, <laughs> I mean guess... the la- sag hasn't had a strike in so long the i mean the writers in sag haven't had a strike together since the 60s i think sag hasn't had a strike maybe brain can confirm here 80s uh it was the 80s when we had a strike last time but um but there was a threat of a strike when i was on i think it was like 98 when i was on sabrina and we banked a few episodes at the end of one year just in case we didn't have any for the 1960 next 1960 was the last That's time. the last time the writers and SAG did it together. But SAG did it in the 80s or 90s? 1980. 1980. And then in 1998, there was a big threat and uh, where they were all going to strike. And I think that's the 15 – well, it's been more than that, 15 years. But um, that's the last time I remember having like a big – strike threat where we banked episodes and everyone was freaking out about it and it didn't happen it didn't happen but because of the threat of it and i wonder if maybe the amptp didn't think it was going to happen this time maybe because it didn't last time i don't know i don't know well let's move on to happier talk yes and by the way uh fact check everything i said okay guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah or go to sean astin he knows not law but it's great to have the conversation and figure out how we can support you guys and other people in this time because I mean, it's going to get hairy maybe out there for some it is, people. It is. Luckily, we have a SAG fund for people that um, struggle in our industry. So hopefully that SAG fund is well funded and some of us can help fund it in the future that can afford to keep our homes in the meantime while we wait this out because it's it's a waiting game. Yeah. So now we just got to make sure that our people can survive the strike. But we're doing the best we can. It's a wild world. But we can't wait to go back to work because it was two years of not working during COVID. Right. And now. I feel like it just got back in the swing of things. Yes. I mean, barely. Barely. Like they were able to. I mean, I don't make movies, but. I feel like this summer. Well, last summer there were some great movies that came out, but I feel like those were made before COVID and finished. And now I feel like last year they were able to make some movies and we're we're seeing the benefits of that this year with Oppenheimer and. Oh my gosh, Barbie. I'm oh, so excited about Barbie. Cannot wait. I cannot wait. We, we have need to, to plan a, our outfits. We need to make a date to go see it. Yes. We haven't even done that yet. But I tried to get tickets, by the way. It was totally full. What? Yeah. It's too full. Theater was too full. Front row only. So Ew, no. I haven't been to a movie that's been I packed. I am not in. a front row girl. I had to sit in the second row for Indiana Jones. That wasn't so bad. 
I like being in the action. But for Barbie, I saw I Elemental them. this weekend. Oh yeah, how was that? It was really good. I'm I've been kind of down on Pixar over the last few years. Uh, and my kids always laugh. It's they're like, oh, if it's Pixar, it's just gonna have a sad ending. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're not. Is that wrong. like what do you like Up, Inside Out? Like those are oh, those are yes. bo- those are sad movies. To I love like, okay, I so in a mood. Up, I loved. Um, Inside Out, I loved. I love them too, but I feel like I have to be in the right mood for them. Is I can't it just onward turn it on. or upward? Oh yeah, onward. Onward. That's upsetting. That one's upsetting, right? I oh, didn't really it's see awful. The whole thing. Yeah, it's so. Is that the one where the dad's dead and they're trying to chase him down? They're trying to bring him back for this one moment and it doesn't really work. And it's it's just sad. Bummer. And then Soul was fine. Also, just kind of eh. my kids are kind of too well, they won't really do the animated anymore. Well, they will when they're good. Well, (laughs) yeah, but they really but like even Elemental, like which I want to see. I love and I okay, I really liked Elemental. I thought it was great. It is um, obviously kind of a, a take on like interracial relationships and um, kind of a dialogue on racism and things like that. Um, and it's approached in a v- really great way. I, I thought it was beautifully it's done. Four, it's the four elements and it's sort of Romeo and Juliet-ish. They can't, kind of, yeah. Like, they can't mix. Yeah, like elements don't mix. They can't touch each other, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, well, a very creative, beautiful, because every Pixar movie is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. My kids thought it was good. Um, I have nothing bad to say. I, there I was want like, to see it so bad, but Tucker won't. Tucker wants to see Transformers for the seventeenth time, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I cannot watch Transformers again. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I'll go see Elemental with you. I would see it All again. Right. It's good. I want to see it really bad. I want to see that. I want to see Asteroid City, which I heard. Just I hit, saw that it too. Hit the, it already hit TVs, and so. now yeah, it's back. It's at home now. Um, I, you know what? I Honestly, saw? watch it at home. I watched Sound of. Uh, uh, freedom, freedom, and are you very forever powerful, changed? Very powerful. I mean, right? Yeah, kind of confirmed all the things I was thinking. I get why it's a little bit controversial, mainly because of the star. I think you, I think you talked about, yeah, that. Jim Caviezel. Yeah, he said some things, or he was part of something that was a little controversial. So, but I get that. But then, he's been that way though since he did the Passion. Yeah, and it's whatever. I, I to be honest, I don't let politics play into any of those things for me. Yeah. It's never no, going to stop was amazing, me from seeing but it something. Also, was. I think some of the fabrication got people a little sure. Totally. You know, so I understand those story elements being but changed. But of course, the whole time you're watching it, you're like, well, is that true? Is that true? Is that true? I mean, Vampiro, they call him in the movie, but his mm-hmm. name, they call him Batman in real life, mm-hmm. but he's never actually been in prison. And so I was looking at yeah. some of the different, I was like, immediately like Googling. Like, the studio actually the put out a thing saying like what the real life story is like comparing. Our Rescue, their O-U-R Rescue mm-hmm. is, uh, that's what it is on Instagram. I didn't realize I was following it already. Because I went to look at it. I was like, oh, let me follow this. And I was like, oh, I do. That's I awesome. Been. It just, I think it's going to bring so much awareness to what's really happening and how yeah. easily people are being trafficked right under our noses well, and we wild. don't even see it. You know, and, I've been reading that book, Before We Were Yours, mm-hmm. which is about kind of, not the beginning of it, but like a, a big story out of Memphis of this woman who trafficked these girls, like thousands, or not just girls, in the, in the book it's girls. Um, cause it's a fictional, it's historical right. fiction, but how she trafficked like 2000 children, 500 of them died. And, like, and it's right and there. And then to watch this movie of like this current day, sort of current day. Well, and even how it was just like, I mean, it starts out with something that we all think of as pretty innocent. I mean, we obviously know that there are schemes and stuff happening, but it's like casting child models yeah. or actors and things like that. Who I can't think of anyone I know who wasn't approached in a mall yeah. at some point and given a business card. Yeah. 
you know, oh, your child's so beautiful yeah. or, oh, Come bring your daughter to this. or We'll do photos. Like, yeah. We did that Model Search America thing when we were kids. Yeah. You know, that was a big thing in the 90s and like all of those yeah. things. And that's what would happen like at malls and stuff. And at the end, at the end of the movie, they showed vi- live video, right? Or yeah. is, am I seeing this on yeah, Instagram? Yeah, yeah. The- they showed live video of kids just being picked up off the streets mm-hmm. and like taken off on motorbikes like one guy's driving one guy's holding onto the child and just stealing children off the street just it's a, disgusting it's, an, it's it's horrifying that horrifying. this is even going on in our world today but and I, at, at a higher rate than it ever has i know and it's it's, it's disgusting oh. but it's an important movie i it's beautifully shot i mean the performance it, it reminded me of jesus revolution in this yes. way where it's i mean they consider it a um uh, uh what do you call it um not, like, like a faith, a faith, faith based. based, yeah. They consider it faith based, but I don't. I wouldn't call it a faith based no, movie necessarily. It's not same with Jesus Revolution in a way because they're just beautiful movies of important stories that happened and, and moments that happened. But in like real the life. cinematography, the performances, the directing, the editing, like the storytelling is tight, and it's a great movie. Yes. And uh, the other movie I saw that very kind of let's flip flop it here. I just watched the greatest beer run ever. <laughs> On Apple TV, Did you see Jim uh, or Peter <laughs> no, Farrelly. No, I haven't seen that one. It's Peter Farrelly, and there's um, great not cameos, but little parts by Bill Murray and Russell Crowe. Oh no, well now I have to go see it. And but it's the star of Zac Efron. And what? He, yeah. I, how have I not it's heard a great of this movie? But it's really funny. The first, be prepared. The greatest beer run ever. Just be prepared. I don't know if you can handle some of the second half of the movie. Oh, is it violent? So he, it's a kid in the 70s whose buddies all go off to the Vietnam War. Okay. And he decides, everyone makes fun of him saying, you're doing nothing. You're, his sister is like protesting. Is he too young to go or something? No. He just, I don't know why, I kind of fell asleep in the beginning. I'm not really <laughs> sure why he doesn't go. But he didn't get drafted. Buddies, yeah, but he's like kind of a lazy kid who sits around drinking with his buddies. Okay. And um, but then he starts hearing about his friends dying and his sister's protesting and he's mad at her for protesting. How dare you? You know, our friends are over there. When they come back, they're going to see you doing this. And um, and so he's buying the propaganda that we're winning the war in Vietnam while the protesters and hippies are saying we're not winning the war. And he grabs a, a suitcase and puts four packs of Pabst Blue Ribbon in there. <laughs> And he fly and he gets himself on a ship and he gets to Vietnam and he goes to see a bunch of his buddies and he gets caught up in the war. And it's a true story, based on a true story. This guy just like took a beer run over to Vietnam. And everyone's wow. like, What are you doing? You're an idiot. Like, why are you here? You know, but he did kind of they say he did boost morale, and even if he didn't do it for the boys there, because the boys there were like, Why are you here? The family's back home liked the yeah, fact Yeah, are people fact checking this one? Like they're fact checking the No, the it's sound again it's, at the end they show <laughs> like, the photos side by side. It's and, wild to me yeah. that that's totally okay to, to you know, jazz up <laughs> and make more entertaining than a true story about, you know, kids being guys, kidnapped and sold are still alive, kind of like in uh Sound of Freedom, the guys are still alive. They show a picture of the group of men at the end, but uh, they lost a lot of friends in the yes. in the meanwhile, but um especially in, in Vietnam they lost a lot of friends and um you know, it's kind of like all these guys from the block and what happens and how they're some of them are like, why are you here? Why did you put yourself in a war situation when you don't have to? And other ones are like, hey, thanks for coming, having a beer with me. But by the way, we have beer here. <laughs> um, and he's like, but not American beer. And then they show someone drinking a Budweiser. <laughs> That's hilarious. But then um, he uh, like he gets then it gets then it gets dark. Then he ends up in like real war territory. Like at first he's just on some bases and then he ends up like in a hole in a trench like getting shot at and 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 crap gets real and uh and it gets there's some bloody parts that you would 
it would break your heart. Need to close my eyes. Yeah. And again, I I haven't really looked up yet, Googled like what's real and what's not. But um, but they but there's a part at the end where he knocks on a door and he cries to a mom and he's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't get this to him. He had already died. The friend had already died by the time Mm -hmm. he got there. He's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't get these rosaries to him. And she goes and he goes, it was stupid. I shouldn't have done this. It did no one any good. And she goes, no, it did good for us. It let us know there was someone over there looking out for our boys, checking on our boys. You know, and so like that's sort of the piece of it is like, oh, like it made the mommies because the moms kept coming and going, make sure you give him his socks. And he he has a gambling debt. Apparently, here's thirty three dollars to pay off his gambling. Oh. debt. So people keep giving him stuff to take with him. But the whole time, this is the one thing that really got me. He carries this duffel bag that he put four cases of beer in. The guy doesn't he doesn't change his clothes for the whole movie. So that's but I'm like, you're going to like be in a war and you don't have clothes to, you're going to smell you're going to be on a boat for two months and you're going to wear the same outfit the whole time and he literally was in the outfit the whole time but that bag is full of beer and a few other things that beer never runs out it's like mary poppins case <laughs> it's like here's another beer he's, he's like, got enough for everyone gets back to america sees his sister who's the protester and he pops open a beer with her like you have more where's this beer and how has from? it not gone bad by now yeah that's what, at one point he does go sorry it's a little warm but for the most part, he doesn't. He says that one time, <laughs> which is like cover your ass with the one line about it being yeah. warm beer. But yeah, so it was fun. Um, but what should we um, should we do? Should we do secrets? It's time. It's time for secrets. So we have a special way to do secrets today <laughs> because we only had five guests in our seventh season. We have decided to put our own secrets in the jar. <laughs> and of course, each of us knows what our secret is, but we don't know each other's secrets. So, we're and gonna... we had Jen write them in her handwriting, so we wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah, based Jen, on that. our assistant has been writing it in. She wrote all of them, so I know technically... we're really in trouble now. But it's going to be funny because it's going to. We're going to have to pull off our. We're going to see how our acting skills are as far as our own secrets. <laughs> You're the actress. I, know, I, but I'm a I terrible liar. Myself being a dead giveaway, but. I'm a terrible liar, which is why I'm not sure how good an actress I am. Okay, but. so we've got ourselves right. plus Beth, Beth Broderick, Joey, Lawrence, Seamus, uh, yeah, Seamus, <laughs> Aaron Cahill, Aaron Cahill, and Lindsay, Lindsay L. L. So, shall we start? Yeah. All right. Secret number one is <clears throat> my secret. I like to pick my toenail sometimes when I watch TV. Okay. Oh, okie dokie. Like pick my toenails. There, there are certain I know fans out Joey, there who are going to really enjoy that one. Admit to that, yeah. Joey would never admit to that. <laughs> uh, I've played the role of Darth Vader. Is one. Ooh, who could that be? I've played the role of Darth Seamus, or a lady, or you. No, I, I've never played any role. I was the manager of a hardcore screamo band. A hardcore screamo band? Lindsay? That's Sheamus? not the right time period. Oh, that could make sense. Seamus. I can't whistle. <gasps> I'm trying to think if Joey can whistle. I can't whistle, but this is not me. <sighs> I think Beth can whistle. No, Beth <sighs> sings a lot on set. I'm trying to How's think. that feel, Tim? <sighs> <laughs> Sometimes I can whistle really loud, but not like I wish I've always wanted to do the. Oh, like with what is that? Why do they put the fingers? You have to push your tongue. Oh, somebody's got to teach us someday. I don't know. Something like a. I don't know. (laughs) 
gross. The, the lip filler isn't going to allow for that. Oh, here's an interesting one. I almost got married to a hairdresser in Australia on a whim. That's definitely not me. I almost got married to a hairdresser in Australia on a whim. I could see Joey marrying his hairdresser. Or Beth. <laughs> oh, Beth. Beth almost marries everybody. I don't like sitting in the balcony section. I spend the whole evening wondering if I will jump off. Okay. Okay, we don't know Aaron and Lindsay very well. I feel like we're going to have to really guess with them. This could be you. I do feel that way sometimes. <laughs> I feel this way too, but I, I feel like this could be you. I don't like Like going over. My yeah. mom used to roll down the windows every time we'd go over a bridge. Because oh, really? she had these intrusive thoughts of like, uh, we're going to roll off like the bridge. Blow off the bridge? So, so she would roll down the window so we could swim oh, out. Oh, so you could swim out. <laughs> Isn't that oh my so gosh, scary. I might start doing that actually. <laughs> I'm a big Real Housewives of New Jersey fan. Don't do that. It, it traumatizes your children. What? I'm a big Real Housewives of New Jersey fan. I feel like we should know that from people being We on talked the show about this, right? Them. Was it Lindsay or Aaron, maybe? Oh, man. That could be a funny Seamus one, though. That would be something I wouldn't expect from Seamus. More of a secret. If we talked about it, then it's probably not that person's secret. <laughs> All right, secret jar is going back. All right. Okay, I, I figure think... it out. Gosh, I don't usually I feel like at this point we already have one or two that we know for sure. Your toenails are balcony, aren't you? No. No? Nope. Are you, you're not a real housewife fan. Definitely though. not. Now, I, we can't even do, like, the paper's all the same. No, the it's all the same. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, this is all the same handwriting, so it's all Jen. Who was in the studio? We only had Seamus, Aaron, and Lindsay in the studio. Yes. So these three are different handwriting, aren't they? Although Aaron, Jen does get other people to do handwriting. <laughs> like, we're doing all the... all the. Okay, this is very bubbly. Decisive. Yes. That doesn't look like Jen's handwriting. To I don't me. like sitting in the balcony. Wait, Wait, which one's you? Hold on. I'm going to find you first. Oh, maybe this is Jen's handwriting. I'm saying you sit in the balcony. Your no, balcony. That's not me. Really? Really, it's not. I I almost got married. Are we saying this is Beth, maybe? Hairdresser? I almost got married to okay. a hairdresser. Wait. Which one do you think is me? And I'll tell you. <sighs> Gosh. I know you're, I don't think you're. Big fan of the thingamajiggy. I think you're Darth Vader. No. No? No. Damn it. I was sure about that. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, oh, that's her. Do you want me to tell you which one oh. I am? You're the hardcore rock band person. I am. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. You used to manage a rock. Because you, you wrote, it's that word screamo. What's that? Is that like your emo thing? Well, it's like screaming. But is it emo <laughs> with screaming? <laughs> Do you know that Ma that's what Mason practices every day he spends an hour screaming, screaming to become a scream singer yeah. well you know you're gonna have to teach him some skills <laughs> some tricks of the trade all right so we got you okay i'm done so you are who could okay you've never played darth vader I gotta find joey's joey could be darth vader Joey could be Darth. No, he's been famous since he was little. He wouldn't be Darth Vader for like maybe in an animated, but, if, but not in a. But he could like have been an animated. Yeah, it could be. It could be animated. You're if Matt right. Lanter could be Darth Vader, Joey right. could and be Joey Darth Vader. does like he loves his like he 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 likes he's very much he wouldn't tell a degrading thing about himself. Your I can't whistle. No, really. 
Ball crud. <laughs> I think that's Beth, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Did you almost marry a hairdresser in Australia? I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that together now. <laughs> My hairdresser. Sabrina runs. Down Under. Sabrina Down Under. Yeah. The Dolphins. Yes. He was cute. He was really cute. I, forget I got that you wrapped up in the whole yet. thing. He was Australian. I could have just okay. stayed there for the rest of my life. I have a ring. Yeah. Not a real ring, just what he was wearing. <laughs> but it was great because when we went out to like the Sydney Opera House and stuff, he would do my hair. It's like the best setup ever. Guys. Is there is there like a Vegas of Australia where you there, can just go get married real quick? Uh I'm sure. <laughs> Um, if you if you ladies out there are um, not sure about getting married, looking for something, go for a hairdresser because they can just like get you ready. Like it's just, yeah. and then they can't complain about you being late because they're the ones getting you ready. Very helpful. Very helpful if you ask me. Um, okay. I'm going to say that. All right. We figured out ours. Oh my gosh. I can't. I don't know. Okay. Joey is probably Darth Vader. Let's okay. write that on there. I don't have a pen. I don't know why. You had one. I always have a pen, but it's gone. It disappeared. Okay, I'm going to say Joey for Darth Vader. Okay. I'm going to say Beth for I Can't Whistle. I don't know why, but for some reason. Um, who would be degrading enough, of, like be confident enough with themselves to say that they pick their toenails while they watch TV? I'm going to give that to like Erin. You think she'd own that? I would think she would be like her secret would be something like a little bit that would be a little shocking, like a little gross. Okay. All right, we'll go with Aaron. Toenails. I'm Aaron. But, big Housewives fan. What do you say, Seamus? And then there's the balcony. Balcony one. Lindsay. It's balcony. Lindsay for balcony? Lindsay for balcony. I'm saying Aaron for uh, toenails. Seamus. It's a New Jersey. New Jersey Housewives? Beth is I can't whistle. Beth is I can't whistle. Okay. You, You agree in? I agree. All I right. concur. All right. <laughs> we don't know any for sure. Should we should we verify? Let me ask Beth. Please hold. <laughs> Let me text Beth. I feel like I can oh, text Oh, Brain too. said he can verify. Oh, what can he verify? Are we right on any? We can't. Just tell us, did we get any right? We got a lot wrong. We got a lot wrong. Man. We always get a lot wrong. That's actually how we get people to give us their secrets. We're like, hey, guys. We're never going to actually know. It It is so fun, though. Oh, my God. We got a lot wrong. Did we get any right? Did we get one right? Did we get? He said he's not sure. It's not looking promising. All right. Okay. So this is really beautiful, bubbly handwriting that is not ours or Jen's, I think. All right, so wait. I'm still giving Joey Darth Vader. I, I, I'm I sticking with it. I feel good about him. Um, I'm Except for toenails. Beth. I have questions Beth. about the toenails. Wait, the toenails? Seamus could have been toenails. He could have been. But when does he ever get to watch Except TV? Except the weird thing is at the beginning of it, it says, my secret. That seems like a girly thing to write, like a diary entry. My secret. I like to pick my toenails sometimes when I watch TV. And it is wait, pretty. Wait, who used a lot of exclamation points? Housewives of New Jersey. That and looks this one. Like boy handwriting, though. That might be why I gave that to Jen. No, Jen's. I think that's Jen's handwriting. Or, no, that's definitely not Logan's. <laughs> Hold on. I'm checking with Joey, too. Hmm. 
Unsolved Mysteries. I'm like, I'm asking them specifically. What was the theme song to Unsolved Mysteries? Just kidding, that's Jeopardy. (laughs) No, it did have like a very like, Ah, you're hitting things. Sorry. Got excited. Remember, it used to come on right before Rescue 911. Mm -hmm. And both of those theme songs were like. Yeah. It was intense. Yes. I can't remember. All right. Well, we should um, we should we should come back to this if okay. anyone wants to tell us what their secret is. Hey guys, if you're listening out there, um, let us know. Or if you think we got some wrong and you know it, let us know. Yeah. Who knows? Does anyone out there any fans know? Oh, one thing I want to put out to the fans. I want to ask everybody to um, help us with our questions for season eight. So Triangle we, fingers. We plan season eight to have a lot of guests. Um, some really fun ones too that we're planning. Um, some in the vein of witchy magical arena. Um, but I think that uh, I think we should get some help with that. We've had so many questions like in the seven seasons that we've been doing this. Can you believe it's been seven seasons? No. Eight. We're going into eight. We're going into eight. And I, I just wait. I want to share some of the here's some of the secrets that we've had with everybody. Um, OK, so we've had things like. A reboot that you like better than the original. Cover of a song you think is blasphemy. If you could time travel, what are you most proud of? Uh, do you have a hobby? Favorite stand-up comic? Um, oh my gosh, we've asked so many. Movie you feel Questionnaire like you should have watched but haven't. Yeah. yeah. Most juicy guilty pleasure. Like those things you filled out on AOL when you were a teenager. Yeah. TV or villain you love to hate. Movie you've walked out of. Radio Favorite radio station. Book you've read more than once, a movie you would watch with commercials, a book you read super fast. If you like that, were going to have an OPA, OPI nail color named after you yourself, That's what would it be one. called? Yeah. Karaoke song. Uh, blah, blah, blah. What are you most proud of? Oh, we already if you could that. be any kitchen utensil, what would you be and why? Do you have a hobby? We already did that. What's on your summer reading list? Movie franchise you love the most? What do you read in the toilet? Do you know what Things my answer like that. for that would be? What? Which one? I'd be a spork. Because I'm well-rounded. But I'm a little spicy. If you could be a utensil, you'd be a spork? Yeah. Sporks aren't spicy. Spiky. Oh, spiky. Or spiky. I said spicy, but I meant spiky. I had already written down that I wanted to do what would your last meal be and uh, what's your hype song? So those are two questions, but we need like, we usually do eight questions. I have a a new hype song. Listen to this. What's your hype song? I don't know if we're allowed to listen to music on here. Oh, I can't play it. I just got told. Oh, man. Can I play like a second of it? We have to pay for it. Okay, so it's called Joy, Unspeakable Joy. It's by Voices of Fire, and mm. it's, like, featuring Pharrell, and it's, like, I've been really into, like, the gospel music here recently. Oh, look at you. This is so good. I think my hype song is usually 8 Mile by Eminem, which I don't know if you saw Ed Sheeran on stage <laughs> I with him. did. Yeah, he came out on stage with Ed Sheeran in Detroit. 8 Mile's really the movie. Cool. Lose Yourself is the song. Sorry, Lose Yourself. I always call it 8 Mile. Um, or... I also really like Run This Town by Jay-Z. And <laughs> I can't not. I went to Blink-182 last week. You did? It was amazing. Really? Yes. There's some good concerts coming uh, up. I forgot how much I loved Blink-182. It was, and I didn't expect them to sound great. I mean, they, they're a punk band. They don't have to sound great. They're just fun. That's the whole point. They sounded great. Really? It was I would not expect Unbelievable. that. All right. I'll have to check them out Travis again. Barker is a machine. What's like, the, the lead singer is um, Tom DeLong or Mark Hoppus? Mark Hoppus. So he and I once did a race car driving thing in D.C. right when Mark and I first met. And he and I did this thing. And he, I have a gift from him. It's one of the strangest gifts I've ever, one of the strangest gifts I've ever received. Oh, yeah? This could have been my secret. 
Uh, he gave me the peephole from his hotel room door. <laughs> Apparently, you could just unscrew those things, and he did, and he gave it to me. So I still have it. That I have the peephole. It's hilarious. And then a friend of mine, a guy that was coming to visit me from New York to L.A., gave me the 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 life vest from under his seat in his airplane. Which, by the way, dangerous. Like, I hope That's someone's terrifying. checking to make sure there's another one there just in case they need it. I'm, I'm not fond of that idea. I know. He was like, here you go. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Dude, you stole this from the airplane? Yeah. What's with guys stealing stuff and giving it to me? It's weird. Uh, kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two of the strangest items I've ever seen. Yeah, we received. don't encourage strange things. If you'd like no. to send gifts, no. just make them If you want to steal an weird. ashtray, I love stolen ashtrays from, like, cool hotels you and parties. Like, I have a Vanity Fair one Where do you even find... An ashtray. Like the these Oscars days. Vanity Fair party. They have ashtrays. I've stolen them. Yeah. Also, I want to go to the Vanity Fair Oscar party. I know it's nice, but it's very intimidating. I actually am glad I don't go anymore because it's so intimidating. Like, oh, there's Madonna and Ben Affleck, and oh my god, and you're just like, oh, <gasps> you get choked up. This you can't. is why you take me to things. No, like you this. can't not look. Like, I have no fear. But like Gaga's over there with Madonna, and this one's over there with that, and you're like. You're not going to go interrupt and be like, hi, nice. You're at, you're invited to the party. That's you can't like. why they're there. They want to be But seen. it's more like, a, no, because they're not there with fans. They're there with the industry. They're there with each other. I think they and know I don't want to go up and be like, I'm such a big fan. Like. Oh, I do. But yes, but that's why I'm not bringing you. <laughs> I can be chill no, about it. No, but it's it. not like a fan party. It's not a Comic-Con. Yeah, but it's they're all taking pictures that. together, though. No, no, they're getting made pictures. Pictures are being taken of them by professional photographers to be in fancy Vogue magazine the next day. You, you know don't think mean? they're like, all taking selfies with each other all night? I mean, these days, probably. But with each other, because Reese Witherspoon's really excited to see Gaga. You know, I, not, I like, think if I was just Melissa Joan Hart's like friend, I'd be like, selfie, everyone. Did I tell you this story about my sister-in-law taking her to the Backstreet Boys concert? Yes, but I have more chill than that. <laughs> and I was like, this is their birthday party. You cannot take pictures with them because we are invited to their birthday party and, you know, two drinks in. She was like, sorry, Melissa. Guys, can I get a photo? And I was like, oh, gosh. They didn't care. <laughs> they didn't because they're nice guys. But the last thing you want is Madonna yelling you at the Vanity Fair party and you get kicked out. Madonna's not going to yell at me. She's going to love me. Madonna, I don't know. Uh, have you met me? I, I, I am know. a ray of sunshine. I love you, but I can't promise that everyone will. And I definitely don't think anyone likes me. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm a I'm a salty one. I love you. I love you too. Well, this has been fun. Let's um do it again next week. What do you say? Okay. All right, guys. Meet us back here next <laughs> week for another What Women Binge. Yeah. <laughs>